Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. Today we will be discussing training for aesthetics versus training for strength. But Sherelle's still in Swan Hill, so I'm still sad. I miss you. <laughs> I know, I miss you too. And we're just having a bit of a joke. Like normally we're sitting on the couch together having our, our coffee or our, our green tea or teddy bear tea. So we're having it. And it's a bit different by Zoom, isn't it? It is. It is. But I hope you're having fun. How are things over there? Yeah, it's good. Like I was saying to you before, the sun is shining, the weather is good. Um, mm. But how's um, lockdown 2.0 in Melbourne? Yeah, look, the sun is not shining uh, and <laughs> it's just getting to the point because my default is work and I'm very grateful to still be able to work, but that's all I'm doing because that fills my void and I'm starting to really hit that point of like, okay, I need some playfulness and some fun in my life. That's not oh, 100%. Right. Maybe you should take some advice from yourself last week and, you know, actually <laughs> give back and... <laughs> Take some downtime. Isn't it funny though? Like we, we, you know, we yell into the world about self-care and then it's like, holy shit, like I've been working for a week straight. Um, And that's the difference, right? When you start working for yourself, there is no like lunch break. There is no days off. There is no shift. So it's, you know, making sure that you implement that into your life as well as, um, you know, something I, I do, Danny, is try to, I have to force myself, read a fiction book every now and then. Like I'm starting to read Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> Potter. Because we're so, yes, yes, how <laughs> good Harry Potter? Yeah, 10 um, years ago, I'm, 20 years I'm, I'm starting from the start, of course. Um, well, but, you know, we're story. always so cerebral. We're always studying. We're always in self-help books. Yeah. So it's important to be able to, do something completely contrast as well. Yeah, I'm craving. The, the thing is, though, I'm just craving a dance, like just to get on the dance oh. floor, drop it low, wake up the next morning and say, man, my knees hurt from those high heels. But it's still fun. <laughs> it's worth the restricted oh. mobility. You know, but, I know. I can't remember the last time I went out and, like, got lit. You know, it's I been know. A, a long time. And I could see it on your stories. You're like, you know, killing for stereo. Wanting oh, Tomorrowland. Yeah, because <laughs> I was going to um, organise a Tomorrowland-themed birthday where we'd live stream it because it's a festival in Belgium. Um, and then as soon as I made, like, an event on Facebook, lockdown two happened. So I was like, soz to all my mm. minimal amount of friends. I'm like, soz, guys, we can't do it. So ever since then, I'm like, mm, just really to doesn't matter. Tomorrow, Zoom land. Can we have a Zoom, right? <laughs> Just you and I? Let's do it. Yeah. We'll invite everyone who's listening and have like your mum and that's about it right yeah just a party <laughs> in saying that um I did want to say as well like to everyone that's listening you know a big thank you to everyone that's resharing it on us on our on their stories and tagging mm. us and you know it's actually really humbling when we release podcasts and we get mentioned like on their morning walks and see what you're doing and yeah you know it's real it's really good feedback so keep them coming um we want to share this content with everyone as many people as we can that's right. And just be a bit lighthearted with it in such a grim time, just to be able to still talk a bit of shit and have a laugh, but also educate at the same time, all in one. It's really important just to keep some sort of communication and, and hear people's voices and interact and, and mm. all of that, especially, yeah, it's really important. Mm, 100%. So what are we chatting about today? Let's get into okay. it. Okay. Aesthetics and strength. Can we have yeah. them both? Hmm. We'll find out. Right. It's a great discussion, right? Um, Because, you know, I think like what we've spoken about in the past, we're very much um, all or nothing people, aren't we? You know, we're all in, we're all out. And it's, you know, and that's, that's not, that's not the way to live life. We need to find that 80% balance in the middle where... 80% balance? Well, you know, the 10% one side, 10% the other. 80% of life. Oh, yeah, fair goal. But, you know, I feel like we've both gone down, you know, the cardio path. And then we've both gone down the powerlifting strength path, like, yeah. you know, must lift as much weight. Mm. And I want to chat about what's in the middle and perhaps mm. combining all of it together and, and sort of shedding some light on when it's appropriate to go completely one way and completely the other. Yeah, fantastic. What have you 
enjoyed the most from cardio, bodybuilding or powerlifting? What's your mm. favorite? Mm. Definitely what I'm doing now, which would be like the bodybuilding styled approach. So, you know, in saying that though, I think you go through phases. So where mm. I'm at now, if I did that a few years ago, I wouldn't have enjoyed it because I wasn't at that level. You know, one can only understand up to their current level of knowledge. So me trying to learn about resistance profiles and levers and all that sort of stuff and apply it to my training a few years ago. I would have been like, this is rubbish. This is yeah. shit. What am I doing? Um, so it does, de- you know, depend heavily on where you're at. But, you know, my philosophy on training is that, yes, we should be um, pushing strength, of course, and aiming to get stronger in the gym. But then again, it's also important to understand that, you know, it's not always about adding more weight to the bar. It's mm. definitely not. And, you know, depending on your goals as well, like what are your goals? Are they aesthetic? Because that's okay. So, you know, if that's the case, you can absolutely choose exercises and um, work around your training to enhance that goal. Yeah, very well said. And we did mention the different um, types of variables to our training last week in our episode as well. So more than just adding weight to the bar, unless you are powerlifting, because that's what it is about. Um, But time and place, depending on your personal preference, depending on your goals at the time and where your body and mind is that really um mm. so, so yeah. what about you danny like what have you enjoyed because i know that you have gone into that complete body um powerlifting phase before i actually haven't gone full powerlifter but i know that you did working up you know at a strength gym and everything yeah well thank thank you i still have those like obviously i'm i'm not a full powerlifter but i tried it for you the man i remember when i um started going to pro raw in Melbourne and it's it's got a lot of world-class powerlifters like with world records and stuff so I'm like oh yeah I'll give this a go I wasn't training to compete or anything like that I was a little bit at a maintenance phase and at a bit of a lull so I'm like I really want to try and improve my squat deadlift and bench um you know everyone else was sort of doing it around me so I'm like that'll be cool did it for about 12 weeks actually on a scheduled plan to increase the numbers each time. And, and I reached my PBs, um, which I was really excited about because it's such a different feeling when you know that you're about to go for a, a number that you haven't done before and it's just one rep and then they get around you down there. It's cool. Like everyone sort of stops their training and, and watches you mm. about to go onto the bar and it's nervous. It reminded me of like the feeling when I was about to walk out on stage, like you're on the stage and you're about to do this lift and then to have it on your back, super heavy. Like it's really, it's fun. Um, mm. But it was very short lived because I started to notice myself with the diet side of it. Be like, oh, I remember I can eat I'm- this now. I'm a power lifter. I can eat this bloody extra serving of whatever. I'm a power lifter. Like all that bullshit that I was saying in my head. And then I'm like, oh, I don't actually like what I'm doing to myself. It's not the sport or anything in general. It was just my own thing. So then I defaulted back to, um, you know, training. And then I, that's when I ended up competing last October when we had that chat, Mm. but um, it was really fun. Very taxing on the central nervous system. Like Mm. I remember the first deadlift session I did and it was proper heavy, heavy. I went home with a migraine. (laughs) Like, Like, and I was just in bed. I'm like, wow. Okay. But it was (laughs) this living. Yeah, but it was definitely really cool just to have a complete focus that wasn't aesthetics. It was awesome. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, this was a really turning point for you because I remember catching up with you um, that that one time we went out for coffee and it was like a three and a half hour coffee. This this was the coffee session that changed a lot of things for both of us, you know, and... um, you know, this is why we're sitting here really is because Danny and I used to be able to catch up. We would just have these conversations 
Yeah. And it was like unpacking our brain, right? Yeah. And being like, whoa, figuring, you know, lots of realizations in our conversations, didn't we? So Absolutely. I remember asking you about, because you were going through the powerlifting and I was um, getting ready to compete or yeah. I was planning on doing this show and you were in the powerlifting sort of phase and I was asking you questions about it and sort of being like, oh, you know, is this what you like doing? Is Are you enjoying it? And then that's when mm. you were sort of saying, you know, I'm actually not. Like, yeah. I'm sort of... um you know, I feel like a bit of a, a sloth or a bit like, you know, mm-hmm. the way we do one thing is the way that we do everything, right? And if we mm. learn anything from Michelle, it's not about um, what we do, but how we experience it. So it mm. wasn't really aligning with your values. And I had to say nothing. And by the end of that coffee, you were like, I'm competing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's exactly. said nothing. You coached yeah. me, you mirrored me and allowed, you held space for me. And that was mm. beautiful. So thank you for that. Um, oh, pleasure. Here we are. You're an amazing. This was a part of the plan for the whole time. Mm, <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, mm. for sure it all works out. And again, I'm very thankful for that. Um, mm. Yeah. So I think it was just, it was, it's more of a comfort zone training for aesthetics for me. Like it's, I yes. like it. Um, I'm better at it. And, you know, we're competitive people, so I'd rather be doing what I'm better at. Um, Yeah. For the listeners, can you just um, explain, I guess, the difference between what traditional powerlifting training is in comparison to, I guess, what we would normally do um, without getting into the bodybuilding side, but, you know, like rest periods, I guess, um, focus points, like what's the actual enjoyment like out of powerlifting? Yeah. So it's a beautiful sport, beautiful culture um, in terms of the actual training itself. So you start with your activations, mobility, all of that, of course, a lot of um, warm up sets and, and just getting used to it because you're going to push your body. Like you can't have one weak link in your body because the squat, deadlift and bench, even bench, you use your whole body. Like, so you need to, yeah, not have any weak links. So it's really important to do your activation and mobility beforehand. Um, And then you have your numbers, but every session you're not meant to be maxing out. So you might have a a PB that you want to hit in 10 or 12 weeks time. And then you do lighter weight, higher reps, and then work to that one RM or two Mm. RM type number because you can't just fry yourself every time recovery is still super important like rest periods i remember i did a squat when i was full like fresh they really looked after me i I squatted and then i was you know i'm used to maybe max two minutes or whatever they're like right sit down for seven minutes i was like what seven minute rest like (laughs) so much longer but you Mm. need it because that seven minute goes you're like I'm still cooked from the one beforehand. Um, but then you just, yeah, you G up and then go again. But then after you sort of hit your top sets, then you do back down sets. So it's very much like practicing the skill over and over and over again, just to nail movement patterns, uh, repetition. And then you would finish with accessories. So it might be, yeah, your split squats or, you know, any other body part naturally as you would which is kind of like bodybuilding style because it's higher reps of specific body parts Um, but rarely would you see them on the leg extension or hamstring curl or calf raises it's very Mm. much compound type movements it's good Mm. fun Mm. yeah so i guess you know for a lot of people like what danny said it's really about those three main movements being your squat your deadlift and your bench with Mm. the primary focus of just getting as strong as you can in those three lifts and then as well having those accessories are there to complement those lifts so it's all around that you know you're resting as much as you can because with powerlifting unlike bodybuilding you accumulate more central fatigue so Mm -hmm. that's your nervous system right like your brain like really gassing out and that's why you need those longer rest periods because even when you feel physically recovered you know nervous system wise you're not it takes a lot longer than that so yeah um, it is completely different uh, a completely different style of training and um as danny said as well it's there you know you want to reduce uh, variety in your training it's about repetition and yep. just doing those movements whereas with bodybuilding you're sort of wanting to apply lots of different stimulus to the body so that we can be forced to break down adapt and change 
Yeah. And it's interesting because when I was hearing um, Sebastian or Australian strength coach talk about bench and he obviously trains, you know, the best in the world. uh, He was saying on a bench press at the highest level, you can't even deviate the bar one millimeter because that will just change everything, all the movement patterns that you've been priming and it will make it feel heavier because if you've got, if a guy's like benching, hundreds of kilos, one millimeter change, it's just game over. Like you will not perform your best. So that's how mm-hmm. regimented they have to be. You can't deviate in your technique if you're and at the world-class level. Of course. And moving those weights, right? So, you know, this is why injury and injury prevention and especially in powerlifting, why it's so very important to have, mm-hmm. um, you know, all these practices and, and have already a good foundation to build strength upon because you can't build this strong building if the foundation is shit. We know that. We've spoken about that before. And, you know, um, this is why I think there's a bit of a conflict when you see people jumping from powerlifting to bodybuilding and powerlifting to bodybuilding. Yeah. And, you know, it's really important to not get those messages confused because yep. what I often see is, you know, we see a lot of, um, you know, Instagrammers and fitfluencers, um, you know, preaching just all these really heavy compound lifts and mm. to the key to building the best glutes, right? Low mm. back, what builds the best glutes. To some degree, like, of course, a squat pattern is really important for everyone. But, you know, I think we also need to talk about that powerlifting is a sport and we don't need to train just like powerlifters. You know, there is no um, one way to skin a cat. It's been a while. It has been. What I wanted to ask you was how did your body feel in that 12 weeks? Um. Well, I hadn't, because it was a while, what, last year, I wasn't as um, diligent with my activations and all of that because I was still learning all that because I was in a very new environment with, with high-level people that I hadn't picked their brains yet. Um, so by the end, I was pretty cooked. I mean, particularly when I started trying to diet down um, while still oh, yeah. doing that, like, mm. yes, it is possible, again, if there's no weak links, if you're very, um, you know, consistent with training and things. I'm not saying that it can't be done, but I think Instagram makes it seem like it's more achievable than what it is to be able to still be, like, shredded but then lift PBs. Like, mm, yes and no, more on the no side of it. Mm. it really- depends on who you are. So personally, I was getting pretty cooked. It did shed light on my imbalances, which was a cool lesson because then I got to work on that and, and learn how to, to fix all those things. But yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't think it's for me personally to do it well, I'm saying. Because mm. you know? when mm. we talk about it, we want to be doing it at the best of our capability. Powerlifting for me personally, I'm, no, it's not, not for me. Mm. the right tool for the right job right the right training program for the right desired outcome and goal Mm. um but i think you know what we're seeing in the industry is this big shift from having to think that you have to do some of these lifts in order to achieve body composition body composition goals and like Mm. you said danny you know a specific type of person can do this well and this is something else i wanted to um, raise up like genetics matter Mm. you know when you're talking about everything to an extreme like you know running Usain Bolt you know there's no one that has his stride that's why Mm. he is who he is Mm. um the same with the top level power lifters you know and top level level bodybuilders genetics do matter when you see this sort of stuff and it's not just like hard work and willpower it's like you know yes they have the hard work and willpower arguably that's a part of genetics when people realize it's not so much um physical but also psychological a lot of the genetics as well like you know it all comes into play and some people just don't have the biomechanics or the mechanics to support a low bar back squat or be able to hinge really well to be able to build up that huge amount of strength yeah so it's really about finding what genetically as well you are good at mixed Mm. with what you're passionate about and then ride that out there's no point you trying like when i was younger i wanted to be the best tennis player um but you know we both played tennis as you said but i went then i realized that that wasn't realistic 
Like I wasn't going to be in the Australian Open or anything like that. So instead of me just pursuing that and hitting brick walls, I found something I was better at that I enjoyed and then just did that, like bodybuilding and, and going down this path for a sport. Mm. Yeah, it's we can't blame external things. Well, yes and no. Again, if we don't have the genetics, then there's only so far you can push it as well. Yeah, and I think that's a bitter pill to swallow for a lot of people, right? Mm. Like, but genetics do matter. Um, you know, for a lot of people, they are like for, in the bodybuilding world, if, for example. Yes, you can put choose where you put muscle through exercise selection and good training, but a lot of your structure and your morphology and the way that you're built, you know, your hips, the way that your glutes are shaped, you know, yeah. this comes down to genetics. Like, yes, you can make it bigger and um, you know, shape it, I guess, a bit more, yeah. but you can't change your structure. And that's really important, right? Like when I used to run, for example, you know, I am not built like a runner. Look at me. I look like, you know, I've got way too yeah, much man. muscle naturally to be a runner. Has um, anyone in but, your family got hectic quads? Yeah, my dad. Yeah. You know, Mum yeah. used to alter the seams on his jeans when he was younger just so he could fit into pants. So we've both got the same problem for a different reason at the moment. Um, but isn't it crazy how you didn't have quads when you were a young sprinter? Well, I feel like I might have... Um, I probably built up a lot of the mitochondria and endurance in my legs um, yeah. because I just wasn't eating, right? I just wasn't eating. Uh, so, you know, you can't grow nothing if the, plant, if the seed isn't actually planted, right? Yeah. So when I was running and don't get me wrong, like I did a hell of a lot of sprinting. I did hills. So I wasn't just endurance. Um, but I was tiny, like I was 40 mm. something kilos. There's no wonder why I could actually um, run quickly. Like I, I, right. So genetics are just an expression of your environment. And that's really important to understand, right? Like, mm. yes, genetics are important. Epigenetics are super important, but you know, you can become good at anything if you really apply yourself. Yeah. Can you become great? And that's the question. It's like, no. So I was a quick runner. I got good at running. Of course, I was running 50Ks a week and absolutely gassing myself and applying wow. myself, right? So then when I got into the gym and started training and realized my body responded really well, I was like, I'm good at bodybuilding. Yeah. Of course, I've got the genetics for a bodybuilder and not a sprinter. Yeah. And that's why I deviated because we all deviate towards the things we're good at. You know, yeah. like if you're a shit tennis player, you're not going to go out there day after day because again, it's psychology as well as physiology. You're yeah. getting beaten up on the tennis court. Well, it's not very good um, reinforcement just to go out there just to get beaten up again. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's really, it's like I said, it's a tough pill to swallow, but that's yeah. a big part of coaching as well as being like allowing people to find what they're good at. Yeah. Um, and for me as well, you know, I transitioned into the pure strength side of things. I didn't go down that path that you did, like in terms of really trying to, um, I guess I tried to do it all at once, thinking that was the way that you became a powerlifter, right? Well, that's um, what was on Instagram at the time. Yeah. 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 That's what was reinforced. You know, I feel like yeah. we went from the skinny movement to, you know, the strong movement yeah. to now, you know, I don't know if there, there is no movement. Like I said on my story no. the other day, strong is not the new skinny, like strong is just strong. And yeah. um, what does strength look like to you? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like what is strength to you? It doesn't have to be physical, mm. you know, that discipline that we show up in the gym with, like that's, that's strength to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I love that you, you said that and that's very much coming apparent now. So I think the whole mindset side of everything, you're seeing less online body composition coaches and people are more marketing as we sort of spoke about last week to be mindset coaches and, and strength in your confidence and, and beauty being confidence and things like that within yourself, um, natural mm -hmm. beauty, just being able to be yourselves. Like mm -hmm. I suppose we're very um, lucky to be able to just be ourselves, but well, we choose to be because who else would we be? But even mm -hmm. just to get on this and just talk and, and not have to feel like, wow, there are people listening who, what, I've got to watch what I'm saying. It's like, well, no, actually we don't. And I think that's why hopefully people gravitate towards us because there's no judgment. As I put in our post last week, you know, we're not here to judge. We all started and it's cool just to see people being themselves because the world gets boring if we're trying to be everyone else. 
Um, yeah, and exhausting, you know. Like I exhausting. think we've all we've all tried to to do that. Yeah, know? like we've all tried to be some not someone else, but I guess a version of ourselves that isn't real. Mm. You know, this this be all better me. I'm gonna be the better me. It's like, well, you know, let's just be me and then be present in that, and then yep. stop trying to chase this artificial horizon. And then you can actually yeah. enjoy the sunset that we're looking at. Um, I think mm. it is really important to push that because it is so in our training, like what are we always trying to do? We're always trying to level up and be better and do the next thing and get stronger and be leaner. And, you know, it, I think it's our, it's, we owe it to ourselves just to be really happy for what we are doing with our training. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, as you said, um, with, you're running for the horizon, but there's always, particularly as us high achievers, there's always going to be something that we can work towards. And it is that dangerous. It's good to have, mm. but it can be dangerous, as you said, if we don't um, stop to appreciate it. I don't know, you used the sun analogy, but I couldn't remember. Um, mm. But yeah, so no matter whether you are training as a powerlifter or bodybuilder or this or that or jumping between the two or none of the above, you're just training because you want to mm. move your body and you love it. You might play badminton or, you know, which yeah. is a super awesome fun sport I did in high school. Um, mm. You know, it's just about what you enjoy and there's no one's better than the other type thing because you're always going to have something to chase. And it's mm. dangerous if we don't actually enjoy what we're chasing. A hundred percent. And, you know, just going on from that, I feel like the longer that you do train, right, you develop, develop your own um, training philosophies and, and nutrition philosophies. And they're like your, your boundaries, your values, your non-negotiables, your way of thinking that you've developed over through your, all your experiences and learnings, right? And yep. it's like what works for you. And you don't actually have to justify that or put it in a nice little box and call it powerlifting. You know, you can yeah. do whatever you want. Um you know, and for me, it's about like what we spoke about last week, like refining your craft to what suits you, your goals, and not seeking for this one principle or method or or way of doing things because it feels like everyone's selling something like that, a method or a yeah. model or a program. Mm. And it's like, well, what works for you? And don't get me wrong, for the vast majority of, I guess, um, the general population and probably our audience as well, 90% just want to like feel good and look a little bit better naked and mm -hmm. stay injury free and be happy and confident. You yeah. Know, we're not looking to be, they're not looking to j jump on stage or be powerlifters perhaps, you know? So what do you have to do to achieve those goals? You know, it's actually probably a lot less than what you think. And it's not as extreme as what you think. Very well said and a very awesome reminder because a lot of what we do see on social media is the top end level, those that 10 percenters, as we've said before. But it's actually just about creating habits and rituals in your everyday life that will get you injury free, feeling good and all of that. But you don't need the date, the level of detail that you may be exposed to just because a lot of people I'd imagine would log on and even I have days like this and it all just seems too much. It's like, well, nah, I'm not in it today. I don't want to do anything. You can get paralyzed, but mm -hmm. it, it, you don't have to do that. It's just like, right, let's just make one or two small changes this week in my lifestyle and then build upon that. And then naturally mm -hmm. over time, you will find that you gravitate towards the person and the way of thinking that you wanted to have and it's not actually complicated just small steps no, I definitely know when I first like started on Instagram like with fitness it was very much like analysis paralysis right like you're yeah. scrolling through the feed and you're like oh, so this person's saying that back squats are good and then this person's saying that they're bad and then this person's saying I should be doing this and this person's saying I should be doing high reps. And mm. you can see this confusion, right? Like fitness mm. is, an, is a noisy space. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, a lot of it's businesses trying to sell you shit, trying to sell you their methods or their way of doing things. Um, but I guess, you know, when you put up Q&A boxes, for example, like you get a lot of questions about like what's the best glute exercise? Yeah. What's the best training split? This word best, and mm. I want people to replace it with better. 
because mm. there is no best, but there's always probably a better way of doing things. And yep. that's something that you can ask yourself, like in the gym is, you know, there is no best, but is there a better way that I can do this exercise? Yeah. Is there a better way that I can achieve my goal? Yeah. Because then it Perfect. makes nothing wrong. Nothing's wrong. Nothing is actually wrong. Like, and everyone is so different. What works for you, Sherelle, as we've made clear many times, the old yin and yang, um, doesn't work for me and vice versa. So it's really about trialing a method on yourself consistently. Don't just do it once and be like, nah, this doesn't work. On to the next one, on to the next mm-hmm. coach or the next this. Like give it a decent go properly mm-hmm. and then, okay, this might not work for me. Cool. Now I'll try mm-hmm. another one. And you just got to find what works. Not only with your training, but in anything in life, career path, whatever, you've got to give something a decent go and then personalize it to you. And then you'll be able to decide whether you enjoy it and whether it works because you can read it out of a book, but it doesn't mean it's going to be any good for you. No. And as Gary B says, you know, between the ages of 20 and 30, try as much shit as you can so that you can yeah. figure out what path you want to go on. It's the same with training. Isn't it funny? Like mm. exercise and training and fitness has so many metaphors to real life. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, and Gary V, he owes us the amount of times his name's popped up in, in our, um, I know. We we should, um, I know, you know, <laughs> shout out to Gary V. He owes us. Gazza. Thanks guys. <laughs> But I guess, you know, something as well is like, obviously we both preach strength, right? And then we've both, you know, got body competition goals and we like the body bodybuilding style of training. But I feel like the way we both train is very much um, a combination, right? So yeah. we both push strength, right? But then we have, I guess you could almost have like our accessory work that's like our bodybuilding style way of doing things. So, mm-hmm. you know... I guess for the listeners, maybe we could chat about the way that we program for um, ourselves or like a lot of people like us, you know, what does this combination look like without combining the sports, so to speak? Yeah, cool. Because I've seen you on the the hack squat. Oh, my legs burn just watching you, honestly. Yeah. So what are you doing at the moment? Like, well, not at the moment, but on a, when, oh no, you, you, you can train over in Swan Hill. Freaking hell. Mm. Lucky ducky. I know. I know. Very lucky. Um, but I guess with my programming at the moment, you know, I've I've been pushing strength with my A series for probably So what's oh, A series? Yeah, A series, and that's a good question because a lot of people ask that. What's A one, A A two? Right? Yeah. A is the first exercise. And then A two is the second size second sex exercise? Is that a hey, word? sex exercise? Those hip thrusts. <laughs> <laughs> second exercise in the a series A1 yeah A2. well it depends on what app you use isn't it and how you write it down let's just say you have one exercise and it's a squat and then you want to superset it with i don't know um split squats bulgarian split squats a1 would be the squat a2 would be the split squat yeah and then you go from a1 to a2 a1 to a2 until you finish your sets yeah. And, then and then you move on to B. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. They're like pairs, right? Pairs. So for, I guess the last, um, like little while I've been pushing like my isolated A series for strength, like, you know, with the glute drive, the hack squat and my Romanian. So now I'm moving more into, I guess the bodybuilding volume style training. Um, so I'm supersetting A1, A2, more volume throughout the week, adding in a fifth day. Um, but I guess my main training principle, which you know, I feel like is common as well is that A1, you know, is where you're putting most of your strength, most of your energy, all the muscle motor fiber, neurons, everything in there um, has the most activation. So regardless of what that is for strength or hypertrophy, you know, your your A series is where you want to put the most energy and get the most out of. So for me, for body composition, um, bodybuilding goals, like that's generally going to be like a glute hamstring bias for my A series, um, unless it's an upper body day. Um, But then I move more into like my B and my C and my D series is pretty much bodybuilding stuff. Approach so you know rep ranges between eight and fifteen higher mm. volume um, focusing on the body parts that I want to develop. Yep, really good. Do you change mm-hmm. it um, depending on Monday to to Saturday or Friday? So from the start of the week to the end of the week, based on your priorities of what you want to develop the most. 
Um, not so much. I mean, my, I always have, um, like I always start the week fresh with a, um, a squat dominant day. Cause that's what I find the most taxing for me. Yep. Um, so whether that was like a hack squat or whatever it might be. Um, and then I'll do an upper body and then a rest. Yep. And then I'll go again, lower body, upper body rest. That's yep. generally what I do because my main training volume has been the four days a week. Mm. Um, but I don't find that I deteriorate throughout the week, if that makes sense. Like, That's good. Um, but if you did, then I would definitely do it the other way. Like some people, if they're um, you know, doing conventional deadlifts, they might want that on Monday, you know, yeah. when they're really fresh after having a weekend off or whatever. I don't know. What do you do? Yeah, so it does really depend on the individual and what you do for work, you know, how tired you do get by the end of the week. Um, how much time you have. So again, there's no best. It's really dependent on you. Um, so for example, if you work nine to five, Monday to Friday, you probably wouldn't save your heaviest deadlifts on a Friday night after a full week of work because you'll be absolutely cooked. Or you might not want to do it in a time that you're rushing before work. It really depends because you want to still be able to warm up appropriately to get the best result. Personally, right now, similar to you, actually, I put the, so I do naturally activation mobility first for a bit, first 15, 20 minutes, and then do my bigger lifts, depending on what they are at the time. Yeah, A-series squat, deadlift, hip thrust, something like that. And then after I'm pretty cooked from that, go to the higher rep range type, machine-based exercises, things that aren't as dangerous to put at the end when you're really tired, not dangerous, but you know, more likely to um, alter your technique a little bit. And then burnouts at the end, your glute burnouts and stuff, just to really finish yourself off. Like that sounds a bit weird, but you know what I mean? Um, mm. Yeah. So just get it done at the end. Um, and I suppose on, on Mondays or my day that I want to prioritize sometimes a Sunday, it would be, to, to put the one that I want to develop the most. So like glutes or whatever at the start of the week, then by the end of the week, the least priority. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And something in, um, different I've been doing with my upper body um, is because I have always had that strength approach, right? And don't get me wrong, like, you know, I've built a good foundation of strength. So, you know, dabbling in other styles of training is, is appropriate for me. Like I think everyone needs to have that foundation of strength before they, you know, start changing heaps of things up. Like what we said about having that strong foundation before you build this other big building on top of it. Um, but with my upper body, I've sort of flipped it. So instead of starting with say my overhead press where I want to, um, have the most strength i'll start with like um cable lateral raises or rear delts because that's the muscle group that i want to develop the most for my own aesthetic goals right because we know that the shoulder you know abducts the arm so essentially putting all that energy into an overhead press that's going to accumulate more central fatigue is it more beneficial for my goals cool arguably you know so it's important to always bring it back to not best but better what's yep. going to allow me to achieve the goal better for me like you know getting really strong on a bench press isn't a priority, but mm. you know, um, fatiguing my lateral raises and trying to grow those big cap delts that I want on stage, mm. um, is, so that's going to be my age too, but I would have always like sort of been like, why would I do that fluffy stuff at the start? You know? So it's, um, it's important again to sort of try different things and craft your own way of doing things in saying that though. Like I don't do that with my lower bodies cause I wouldn't put, you know, a really heavy lift later in my workout. Yep. Um, so yeah, it can change and it can be different. It doesn't have to be one way. And we see that with like undulating um, ways of training throughout the week. Yeah. And it's important to change because we can't, so the current training that we'd be doing or, or last month or whatever, when we had gym access and things, it has to be different. Like you, you should really be changing your every three to four weeks. So, you know, you still hear people, oh, I've been doing the same thing since February. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's not Shit. good. So exactly. You can't um, always just be doing, right, today's hip thrust day, today's heavy squat day. Like mm. you need to change it. And I'm doing um, an advanced programming course at the moment, actually. And it is talking about what you said earlier, putting the, the little fluffy stuff at the start. Your, mm. Whether it be shoulders or on a lower body day, if you notice that you're lacking ankle stability and proprioception, 
standing on one leg and, and doing um, activities for that or exercises for that at the start before your mm-hmm. squats. So that's yeah. currently what I'm trying to play with at the moment. Like mm. now's the time, as we've been saying, to, to work on your foundations. I've noticed my ankle stability isn't as strong as some areas in my body, which is alarming because mm. a lot of it starts from the ankle. Most of it does. Um, so I just play around with that before I start squatting and things like that. So, yeah, it really depends at, on the person at the time. Yeah. 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 And I'm the same, like for a period of time, I put calves as my A1, which is funny. Yeah, it sounds know. funny. But, um, you know, I had calves. Like, my calves suck. Now I need better calves, right? Like my glutes, they're okay at the moment. Like they're not, you know, I'm happy with the size of those. So if I wanted to put that energy um, and that neural connection into somewhere, it was my calf training. So that was my A1. It's about um, prioritizing what your goal is, um, both physical or strength wise. You know, if your goal is to build a really heavy squat, then that should be your A1. And you shouldn't be pairing, pairing that with anything that's going to take away from that main goal. Yeah, a lot of people... Um struggle to focus and to have rest periods so i've heard it a lot like oh i i I don't want to wait a minute i just want to go bang 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 but there's no point like again depending on whether you're just trying to get as much volume in at the same time but you do need to have some sort of rest in between at least like between sets whether it be 30 seconds eight minutes depending on your sport depending on what you're training with but get used to the fact that you need to have some kind of rest before you go on to the next one. Like mm. too many times do we just, people just rush into the gym. And I used to be like this, like you, you use that anxious energy from your day for something happened at work. You take that into the gym, go, go, go pump through the workouts and then out the door. It's like, mm. no, we need to incorporate rest and mindfulness as well. It's a really important part of training that's mm. often overlooked and it's another variable to play with as well yeah Mm. yeah and you know i don't know if i do believe in like having really short rest periods i was reading um i was reading this study on like german volume training and the people that did (laughs) yeah so for those who don't know it's like really high volume training it's 10 sets of 10 traditionally isn't it yeah i think that's what it is i've never done it Mm. oh i have (laughs) actually you have yeah um so you know i was reading this um you know it was like a systematic review so like they review a lot of different um research and then write a paper on the outcome of and this one was on german volume training and the people who did german volume training so 10 sets of 10 for each exercise in a workout um versus the people that did like a normal amount of volume so it could be like three sets of eight to ten um achieved the same amount of hypertrophy or muscle growth despite the volume yeah despite the volume being absolutely 100% and you know this is something I've experienced personally with myself in the last six to 12 months is you know I took my training from about 24 working sets um, per workout down to 14 like that's a huge slash and might I add as well from five days to four days yep Uh, and I put on a good amount of muscle so you know I feel like just like calories you know how we accustomed to calories and we have a maintenance calories the same as with training we have a maintenance volume. So, yep. you know, whether you want to deviate from that um, is really important. But the most important thing is that you get, you make that volume like productive and you get the most yeah. bang for your buck, so to speak. If you're doing fluffy shit volume, you're just accumulating fatigue. And, you know, in the grand scheme of things, we're just trying to apply force across muscle fibers. Yep. Yep. Because if you're doing three sets, so after hearing you say that, some people are like, well, why would I do 10 if I can do three? But if your three sets are technically at the intensity of what a warm-up set would be, then it doesn't yeah. really count. So a lot of people would still benefit from doing maybe five by fives because the first three one like sets, they're probably not really pushing mm-hmm. as hard as they could until those last two. So technically, it's really only two or three but it's written down as five and they've performed five sets. But how many mm. of those were actually proper sets? Like, yeah. so what and you every program it, works. Yeah. Every program works. Mm. Every program's going to work. But again, 
what's what's best and what's better are two different things um if you can get the same result if not more from less volume why wouldn't you do it and again that comes down to training age because the more experienced you are the more um, muscle fibers that you can recruit in an exercise so you know the volume that you can do when you're a beginner you can probably get away with it because Mm. like danny said you don't have that intensity there like Mm. three sets of six to eight reps on a hack squat i'm cooked put a fork in me i'm done you know (laughs) Yeah, I'm done. Four yeah. sets of ten would freaking kill me. Four sets of 12, Imagine five, that. ten. Imagine yeah. that. Ten to ten, I'd be cooked, and yep. the re- end result would be me not being able to move as much weight um, on that specific exercise, or accumulate as much muscle fatigue. Which we know, like mechanical tension, is the primary um, contributing factor to building more muscle. Yep. Yep. And recovery as well. So if you're gassing yep. yourself, a you're going to stop enjoying it, but b exercise is a stress on your body and then you combine that with the stress of you know everything that's happening the stress of work all of that it's not a really optimal condition to change your body composition too so you have to remember that as well yeah yeah your own your program is only as good as the volume you can you can recover from right so if you're doing all this shit in the gym you know you just because you do more volume doesn't mean that you're going to build more muscle and i think Mm. that's something that a lot of people think is like more is better right it's like Mm. well no sometimes less is more Mm -hmm. and that's something i went through was like well you can't just keep doing more right like you can't always just do more eventually you're going to have to you know increase the intensity and reduce the volume when one goes up one must go down like we've spoken about um but what i did go through was this like little phase where you know i hadn't actually built up the intensity yet or the strength to be able to move as much load as i i I ended up being able to um but the volume had reduced so i went through this thing of like feeling lazy and as a result i did put on a little bit more body fat um my body composition i wasn't sort of happy with it i was like but I knew that this phase was important because I was like, yeah. no, I need to take myself out of this shit state, this shit physiological state, and yeah. I need to reduce my training volume so I can increase the intensity. And that sort of means like, you know, with the elevator sort of sitting here for a while, mm. so then the intensity could peak as I recovered properly. Perfect. Yeah. And now has it benefited you doing that? hundred percent because now I'm trying to scale my volume and it's like... Like so I what's feel the it. scale your volume mean just for those listening so you know you just say i was doing 14 working sets in one session so you know when you have a program it might say three sets of eight reps um you might go from 14 total working sets in one session um to maybe 18 and yep. essentially like if you're increasing the um the volume so to speak whilst maintaining the intensity you should be able to build more muscle mass but what tends to happen is that people increase the volume and then drop the intensity off and it sort of yeah. like levels out so yeah. you want to be able to slowly you know bring them up together and that's easier with um training age and experience of course yeah for sure for sure i think a lot of what we've spoken about today is talking about there's no best, only better, as you've been saying, and I've been saying a lot, it depends. So I want everyone to realize that because I know there's a lot of confusion out there um, and conflicting evidence, information, all of this stuff. And no wonder everyone feels a bit lost um, or a lot of people do. So at the end of the day, we know our body, we know how we feel. So yes, ask for guidance. Both Sherelle and I obviously coach people through their training, but then we're both very hands-on with them in a sense of asking for feedback, asking how that feels. Like we don't just lay out a program and say, no, that's what you're doing for the next three weeks. It's like, no, let's try it. Let's see how it feels. Let's watch you move. Can you film your exercise? Because we, you know your body too. And we don't want to just say, no, our way is the best. It's, it's a two-way street. And that's with all programming, no matter what your goal is. Um, so for those who sort of, you know, download a, a free workout and all that and, and say, well, why aren't I grow- growing glutes? Because it's actually, yeah, it's not just as simple as following the best top seven exercises to grow your booty. Like you need to just, you know, clickbait. You really need to, to be present and mindful and self-aware uh, with your training mm. and, and mm. ask for help and feedback and be okay to change as you go along. Mm, 100%. And everyone always asks, like, oh, you know, 
what's the best program? And I want people to start thinking more cerebrally about this because there is no best program, but what's most important is the program that follows the program, right? Like how does that flow on? And that's when you can't just replace the skill of a coach with a PDF. You know, it has to be customized and important and it has to have um, progression. Everything has to have progression regardless of what it is, because what we're trying to do is elect an adaptation. And what people don't realize is progressive overload, which is a term that we throw around. It's not just adding more like what I've just said. Mm. It's adding more strategically to get an illicit response and an adaptation. So, you know, in training, it's not just about more weight on the bar, which is what we've spoken about. In Mm. bodybuilding, it's not just about doing more volume, right? It's Mm. about what that volume looks like. So it's, and I can understand and be really empathetic as to maybe we've confused some people, (laughs) you know, like I think starting this episode, it's probably like, you know, I'm going to learn about powerlifting. I'm going to learn about bodybuilding and different styles of training, but here we are. And, you know, In a couple of years' time, Danny and I are going to have completely, probably different opinions. I'll be like, why the hell was I doing a lateral raise as an A1? You know, like mm. we're going to have different opinions um, as more research comes out. You know, German volume training was a great idea back in the day. A yeah. lot of people did it and had results because everything works, but only for a period of time. Yep. Um, again, yes. like with Danny, you know, 12 weeks, you probably start to feel a bit burnt. You know, your first few weeks in, you probably felt great. Yeah, so exactly. It's always just about thinking not what's best. You know, every time there's a post on Instagram, the best glute exercises. Fucking keep scrolling. Don't click it. Right? <laughs> it's like, don't click it. Don't love it. Don't save it. Don't do yeah. a workout. Like, it's just about thinking not what's best, but think about, oh, that's a good exercise. How can I make that better for me? Yeah. Yeah. But also what's important is what you're going to do for the long haul because a progression for you might be actually finally embodying a style of training that allows you to still spend time with your family and, and have time for the kids and things like that, which will reduce your stress, which will then change your body. So it can indirectly, you know, you have to look at your lifestyle as well and what fits best with what you're currently doing. And, mm. and you know, the, the stress in the gym is great, but we don't want to be running off stress and adrenaline. And if we think, fuck, I didn't complete my program well and this and that, it all adds up. So, yeah, yeah. it's also about lifestyle um, changes too. Yeah, because that's another, that's a goal. That's a really important mm. goal. If your goal is to feel confident and look a bit better naked, you know, you don't need to be doing a six-day split with the intensity that we're talking about. You get away with three full body workouts and achieve amazing results. Mm. It's about, you, like you said, Danny, progression in life, you know, and the best program is the one that you can stick to consistently regardless yes. of what it is. Yeah. So if you can't commit to something, right, I cannot commit to powerlifting and Lord, do I want to commit to running again? You know, they're yeah. not the best training principles or programs for me. What do I enjoy doing? What's my goal? What's realistic with my lifestyle? You know, if you're a mother, um, you know, mm-hmm. if you're a shift worker, whatever it might be, it's like, well, there's always optimal, but what's practical? And I think that's, that's the most important question to ask yourself. Yep. Well said. All right. There you go. How was that? I think that was great. So, you know, um, again, (laughs) girls, if you did like this episode, (laughs) girls and guys, if you did like this episode, please do take a screenshot of it, um, share it on your social media, like what we spoke about at the start. We love seeing um, and hearing from you guys and getting your feedback. So thanks again for um, tuning in and I'll speak to you next week. Danny. Thanks, everyone. I'll see you, Sherelle. (laughs)